Today's episode of Green and White Noise is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Oh, they'll fake it. Bates throws it. He's got him. Wide open. He's got Charlie Gant inside the 10. He can walk in. Spartans win. Touchdown, MSU. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Green and White Noise, part of the Athletics Podcast Network. My name is Chris Vanini. I'm joined by Colton Pouncey. We are your hosts, and it's time to talk about Michigan State football, airport layouts, and shoe design. Uh, reminder, this is a podcast about Michigan State football. If you want basketball, listen to The Beat with Nick Baumgartner and Brendan Quinn. They will recap MSU basketball's loss to Michigan and everything else going on there. But this is football. Colton, how's it going? Doing all right. Uh, we're really deep in this thing now, you know, this coaching search. Uh I had an experience today where I, I think it kind of solidified me as, as a capital J journalist, you know. I, I think I'm kind of, yes. it's my rite of passage in a way. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, we're really into this thing, huh? Yes. Uh, we are recording this Sunday afternoon. It's possible by the time you listen to this, a coach may or may not have been named. But we wanted to... Talk about what's happened over the last few days since Mark D'Antonio stepped down. There has been a lot of news, and let's just get into it. Um, mm-hmm. Since we last did an episode, the search has gone in a few directions. On signing day, Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi indicated he planned to stay at Pitt. Then later released a poorly edited <laughs> clip, from, clip from the Wolf of Wall Street confirming that he would indeed be staying mm-hmm. and not effing leaving uh, pit. Uh, then it was reported that 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala planned to stay with the Niners. Then on Saturday, Colorado head coach Mel Tucker tweeted that he appreciated the interest from MSU, but he would remain the head coach at Colorado. And it was kind of picked up on that athletic director Bill Beekman was on a bit of a coaching tour. Uh, flight aware, the flight trackers found a plane going from Lansing to Colorado to San Jose. You could kind of pick up on that. And then it was heading to Cincinnati. And Beekman arrived in Cincinnati on Saturday night. Caught on film. Shout out to WLWT's Brandon Seho, who caught that on camera. And kind of really tipped off everybody just how far this was uh, in. Uh, So an interview happened Sunday morning. And at the time, the flight tracker says the plane is then supposed to go to State College, Pennsylvania. I assumed it was to steal back the land-grant trophy, national treasure style. 
Um, and Seho was there again as Beekman gets back on the plane in Cincinnati. But a gas truck was, I guess, strategically positioned, possibly, so you couldn't see who was getting on the plane. Uh-huh. Uh, Seho <laughs> tweeted, uh, Michigan State private jet just left Cincinnati around 1245. A black SUV dropped off two new people, one in heels, that were not on the incoming flight. Today's flight destination was just changed to Lansing, so they did not go to State College. Uh, and he included a photo of some people's feet that you could see below the door of the gas truck that was open, I guess. <laughs> it did not take long for MSU Twitter sleuths to discover that the shoes looked similar to shoes that Luke Fickle has worn oh uh, on the field before. A black shoe with a white bottom, <laughs> or maybe he was wearing the heels. Uh, it, it was... Um, Spread quickly, and Colton, uh, Bill Beekman arrives at the Lansing Airport, middle of the day, Sunday, and you were there, mm-hmm. so you take it from here. Real quick, I just want to give a shout out to MSU Twitter, because the shoe stalking, like the, the pictures, the side-by-side, that's some like volunteer Tennessee Twitter type of level of coaching search, so I, I commend you for that. Uh, you guys are on another it's level. Been, it's been, a, yes, yes, it's been a long time since MSU... Fans had a coaching search like this. Really, not had one in the Twitter era. Mm-hmm. There was, there was the um, Izzo watch 2010 when he almost went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I had just started as sports editor at the State News at that time. It was like two weeks into summer semester, and I sent my reporter Jeremy Warren a Monday out to Lansing Airport to catch Izzo when he made it back in. Uh-huh. Ten, almost ten years later, <laughs> I have another colleague head, heading out. To the Lansing Airport to catch somebody. Yeah. So let, let's get into that. Um, <laughs> so I've been tracking Beekman's flights since like Friday morning, Friday afternoon-ish. Um, shout out to Flight Aware. Uh, so we were we were able to see every stop, including you know the the late trip to Cincinnati Friday or Saturday night. Um, so after a bit of misdirection Sunday morning, uh, you know the whole state college trip that may have may or may not have been real, which it turns out it was not. Um, I saw the flight had been chained to Lansing. Now, I live about 10 minutes away from Capital Region Airport, so that wasn't a long trip for me. Um, it was scheduled to arrive at around 1.45. I got there at 1.30, sat in my car for a bit. So then I hopped out and I started walking over. If you're facing the building in the parking lot, I was walking over to the far right. Um, and I thought that was a good decision because... You know, I saw the plane land on that side with plenty of room. So I made my way over. I was, you know, right up at the gate, able to see some things. So, so you're just you're kept, just outside, right? I'm outside in the cold. I'm in the thick of it, Chris. And, and it's, I like, give me a, a description of what the setup is. You just, like, pull up. And it, I actually, I don't think I've been to the Lansing Airport. So, like, you just yeah. pull up to the front and there's just gates, just gates on the side and you can see all the planes? Yeah. So it's not, it's not a big airport, but, you know, there's... You walk up, I parked in the parking lot, and then you, there's the building, obviously, and I just went past the building, and then there's the whole gated area. There's a, a far side on the right and a far side on the left, which the left side also has you know, the rental car parking lots over there. Um, so I, I decided to go to the right. I guess I had a 50-50 chance of being right or not. <laughs> so I went to the right, and I was there, and I see the plane land, right? And so it, it, it keeps going. There's plenty of space if it just wanted to circle around and, and stop, but it kept going traveling from right to left and at that point i look to my right and i see graham couch kind of sneaking over too 
And he hops in his car, which is parked over there. And I'm like, oh, man. So he drives to the other side. I'm like, all right. It won't make much sense for me to hop in mine because mine was already in the back of the parking lot. So I'm sprinting to the other side of the airport (laughs) as the plane is pulling in. And then I hear, so I'm like halfway there. Um, I, I hear what sounded like a race car coming up behind me, going like 50 miles an hour in this pickup area. And uh, I turn around, I see it's Matt Wenzel from NLive. <laughs> uh, so he gives me like a little nod and keeps it moving. And he didn't pick you uh, up? No. So, oh. okay, keep in mind, I'm, I'm like 50 yards from the gate. Uh, he could have stopped to pick me up. Okay. He, he claimed he didn't see me. He was going pretty fast. I'm not so sure, but I made my way over there. Um, so at this point, we're all like, up against the fence we have a clear shot of the of the plane um i'm out of breath <laughs> like it's me graham wenzel uh seth wells and someone else from wilx uh so i pull up my phone start recording i see beekman what looked to be deputy athletic director alan haller and glenn sigiyama i don't know if i'm yes, sigiyama, correctly yes. he's the head of the sigiyama. dhr or not head but he works for dhr international search firm okay gotcha yep so uh, we waited out outside for a bit, and then it was yeah, that was an interesting time. Uh, I don't know if they really want to be seen, but you know we were able to track them. Uh, so they get inside the building. Um, we we're trying to make our way over, uh, waiting for them outside. That's when I fell in the snow. <laughs> uh, the, so the fence was up against. Wait, so how did like, you? Oh, I thought you fell when you were running. No. <laughs> I wish that would that'd probably make more sense, but I'm just really unathletic and just fell. So I'm, we're up against the fence. We're recording. Right. And then we're like, all right, let's make our way over inside where they are. And as I turn around, since the, the gate was like a little bit elevated on this like tiny grass area. So it was slanted. So I'm, I'm, I'm going down this like tiny hill and I slip and fall. <laughs> and uh, Matt Wentzel was right behind me. And I swear I'm not. I'm not trying to put him on. I'm not trying to like you know call him out or anything. He's a good guy. We're, we're good friends. But uh, I feel like he could have maybe saved me as I was falling. You know, it was kind of like a situation. You know, the Office episode where uh, Jim lets Michael Scott fall into the koi pond. <laughs> that's what. That's kind of what it felt like. But maybe he was far, far back. I couldn't really see. But anyway, I'm the only one that fell. I got snow like halfway up my pants. It's it's it quickly melts and it's cold outside. So my legs were freezing for the rest of the trip. Um, but you know, we get back over to the inside area. We wait out there for a little bit. And I think after a few minutes, we we're kind of like questioning what's going up, what's going on. Um, and after like 15 minutes, we realized we've been duped <laughs> and they went out the back door. Uh, we were going in and out, but we didn't really see them. Uh, finally we asked some of the workers if they were still there and they said they had left. They started laughing at us <laughs> and then we all went home. So wait, so, so you guys saw, Three people come off the plane. It was four. It was it was Haller, uh, Sugiyama, and Beekman were the ones that we could pretty clearly make out. There's a woman there. Uh, I'm not sure who that was. It, someone suggested it could have been Beekman's wife. That's what I was going to ask because really sure. we saw someone yeah. with heels get on. I was curious if a woman had come off, and if not, yeah. what had happened. Um, yeah. So that was a fun time on twitter watching all of that we appreciate the effort mm-hmm. absolutely uh this you get you get any bits of crumbs that you can at this point um my yeah. it, it was I, I think before the plane landed it was reported by bearcat journal that fickle wasn't on the plane 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial thought was, as this was going down, was first, if, if Fickle is getting on the plane, that is leaking immediately from either side that mm-hmm. Fickle's gone, that we got Fickle, whatever. That didn't happen. Also, if Fickle and his wife, as people thought, were getting on the plane, they certainly would have done that with their kids. They have many kids. There was no sense that there were any kids being taken on board. So it was already kind of a, he's probably not on board. And so now we wait. Um, it or Indications are that Fickle may make a decision relatively soon. It doesn't seem either he's made a decision either way. I imagine if he decides to stay, he'll release some sort of statement um, about why he's staying. If he's going, MSU will release a statement that he's going. Um, if MSU lands Fickle, I think it is a great hire and kind of gets them out of the mess they're in. Um, When I was covering the Cotton Bowl here in Dallas, I was talking to somebody who works with Penn State, and then they were asking me what was going on with D'Antonio, if he was stepping down. I said, I don't know. I I think – well, I told them what I thought should happen, which should be D'Antonio should probably step down and they should hire Fickle. And this person said, you know, they didn't want MSU to – hire Fickle because they think he's a really good coach. So if they're able to land him, kind of makes up for the mess the past few months have been, I think. Um, But if it's not Luke Fickle, then where does this go? Um, It seems notable to me that a number of coaches turned turned the job down pretty quickly. Narduzzi, Tucker, etc. I mean, it looks like Tucker didn't meet with MSU officials, but apparently did not want to take the process any further. Um, I imagine it, it seems certain that candidates will ask about NC, N, any NCAA violations, which have been alleged by Curtis Blackwell. Beekman said that they are they are false, um, but kind of got to wait and see on that. So we don't really know. Um if if they do get fickle, then I imagine things are okay. If they don't get fickle, I imagine that question becomes a little bit bigger. Uh, and where they turn from there, you know, do they go to Pat Shermer, Broncos offensive coordinator with deep MSU ties, Butch Jones, the analyst at Alabama, former Tennessee and Central Michigan head coach. Maybe I I, I still think Brett Bielema, who's currently with the New York Giants, would, would fit. Uh, Colton, where do you just kind of – how do you feel about where things stand and, and where things go next? Yeah. Uh, so in terms of, you know, some guys dropping out quickly, that was noticeable. But I guess the other side, you can make the argument that if, if candidates realized that Fickle was the top option, they might have pulled out. And, you know, Narduzzi specifically, if you look at him, um, we're, we're not sure how involved he was, but he pulled out rather quickly. So maybe if he understood that Fickle was the top option. That's that's a, an opportunity for him to look good at Pitt and say, "Hey guys, I'm committed to you." Um, you know, it's been kind of not not exactly smooth sailing. They've had some good years, some down years there at Pitt under his uh, leadership, but that makes him look good over there. If he says, "Hey, I'm committed to you guys," the video was pretty entertaining, right? That was a good move. So I guess that's the other <laughs> side of this, and and some of these candidates pulling out quickly. But I, I do think it's kind of fickle or bust at this point. Um, I mean. Some of the candidates that have been out there, they've, you know, they've already either taken their name out of the hat or MSU seems to have moved on. So I thought Mel Tucker would have been a really good fit. You know, he has some of the same ties that Fickle had, you know, um, 
Tucker specifically, he was a GA at Michigan State um, under Nick Saban back in the late 90s. That's how he got to start in coaching. Um, then he was at Ohio State. He was D'Antonio's DB's coach uh, and took over for him when he left to, to Cincinnati. Uh, he became the co-defensive coordinator on that team. So he's got some ties to the Big Ten, to the area, to MSU, to D'Antonio. And he's a great recruiter. If you look at what he's done so far in Colorado, um, his first recruiting class, full, first full cycle, I believe Colorado came in at 35th nationally. And I think they had only cracked the top 40 uh, two times in the previous 10 or 11 years or something like that. So he's doing a good job of turning that program around. Um, I know they went five and seven in year one, but he's bringing in some talent. So I think he would have been a good fit, but he obviously pulled out. So, you know, you're, you're, if, if Fickle isn't the man, you're going to have to try to, you know, scrape things together and kind of survey your options a little bit. But uh, I, I do think it's Fickle or Bust at this point. Yeah, I guess it's possible they also could have met with um, Pat Shermer in Colorado as well. That hasn't been reported. We don't know. I'm just saying it's possible because because after after that the the names really start kind of you kind of reset on who's an option here to have a, a lot of these possible top candidates already turn you down. Um, we we haven't heard Bielema's name at all. I just personally think he might be a good fit. Did a good job at Wisconsin. Did a not great job at Arkansas, but things got way worse when he left. Um, so we're, we'll kind of wait and see here until a decision is made by Luke Fickle. I, I, uh, the, the other thing people bring up a lot and ask us is promoting from within, which would be Mike Trussell. Uh, I, I do not think that is a good idea at all. It's nothing against uh, Mike Trussell, but you imagine there probably won't be a ton of staff changes as well if that happens because it's an interim coach and it's going to be hard to hire assistants. So you probably run this thing back again. And I think that would set the program back years. I think that would really hurt recruiting even more. If, if Fickle says no and you kind of got to reset the board, I would even, if I'm Michigan State, take a look at Blake Anderson at Arkansas State or Jeff Monken at Army or, I don't know, Josh Heupel at UCF. Like, Maybe maybe some offensive guys to really just completely change things up. I would go for a sitting head coach at the group of five somewhere, anywhere, really, before I would do an internal promotion because they have to move forward now. This is Things have, have fallen back into a bad spot. They really have to start moving forward now. And the timing is really bad, as we talked about last time with, with D'Antonio deciding to do this now. Um, so that's where I would uh, – that's where that's where things kind of stand. We're waiting on Luke Fickle and, and things go from there. Yeah, with, with Trestle specifically, that would kind of be like you mentioned, kind of a continuation of what D'Antonio had 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 this uh, MSU program on the last four years. Um, he's probably going to keep a lot of guys around uh, the, the interim label. If that's you know they're not just going to make him the head coach. I, I imagine there would be some sort of interim tag for a year and then reset once it gets to November December. And if that's the case. You know, if you're a recruit, a four or five star guy, even a, even a high three star, do you really want to attach yourself to a coach that may or may not be around eight months from now? No, nah, you're not going to sign anybody. Exactly. So recruiting is already taking a hit. It's gonna it would take an even further hit if it was Trestle in this interim role. Um, and then again, it might be the entire staff brought back. Would Trestle have the kind of power to make changes around here as an interim? That's tough to say. Um, so I think there are a lot of complications, a lot of issues with that. Against the continuity would be nice in a way, but 
you know, at this point, it might just be best to uh, start fresh and kind of rip the Band-Aid off a bit. Yeah, when, when Art Bryles was fired at Baylor and they hired Jim Grobe as the interim, by the time Matt Rule was hired, I think they had nobody left in that class. I think the class was literally nobody. It might have been one guy. And Matt Rule mm-hmm. had to build a completely new class. And he ended up doing a good job, Rule did, and now he's an NFL head coach. But that is definitely not a spot you want to be in. So... For right now, it's a, it's it's fickle watch. Actually, someone at a, a recruiting staffer at another school in the group of five noted to me that this Cincinnati class this year that they finished with it was ranked number forty in the country. It was the high. It, first of all, it was like twenty five spots higher than anybody else in a group of five. It was the highest group of five class since Houston was I think thirty five when they had Ed Oliver as a five star mm-hmm. recruit in that that time and it. Cincinnati finished with three four-star recruits. MSU had none. That's the most by a group of five schools since, I think, 2016. So really puts in context just how well Fickle has done on the recruiting trail, specifically with Cincinnati this year as well. Um, and uh, so Evan Prater was one of the kids that Cincinnati recruited. He's a four-star quarterback. I believe he is the highest-rated quarterback to attend a group of five school. Yeah. There you go. So I believe I saw that somewhere. He's done. He's done a good job in the recruiting trail as well. So um, yeah, everything's kind of in the fickle basket right now, and, and we we just wanted to do an update here after what's happened over the last few days. Uh, as soon as if there is a hire in the next day or two, we'll we'll be doing this again. But we want to get on and talk about that as well as the inside look at what it's like to cover a coaching search and run through the snow and try to catch a plane. You won't get that anywhere else. <laughs> nope, Colton. Uh, Anything anything coming up this week writing-wise that uh, readers should check out? Yeah, a lot of it will depend on what happens in the next few days, but something that Nick Baumgart and I have come in is kind of a joint co-byline story about uh, just kind of recapping the weekend and, and everything that happened, just sort of to advance this narrative, advance the story a bit. Um, so I believe that'll come out either Sunday night or, or Monday morning. Um, then we'll, of course, have our eyes peeled for whatever happens with the coaching search. It's a fun time. Didn't yeah. expect to be doing this in February, but uh, <laughs> not at all. It, after what it, after what had not happened with MSU football over the previous two months, it's uh, at least we have something to talk about. So that's my yeah, that's that's what we were wishing for, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that'll, that'll do it here. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, give us feedback on Twitter. I'm at Chris Vanini. He's at Colton underscore Pouncy with no e. Uh, we always check out that feedback and appreciate it very much. Um, so for Colton, I'm Chris Vanini. Thanks to our producer, Mike Zimmerman. Shout out to the road dog, Jesse James. We will see you on the other side.